Hey, this is Kyle Eidelman from Southeast Christian Church, and I'm going to thank you for listening to the message today. As we open up the scriptures together, I pray that this message inspires you, challenges you, and is the right word at just the right time in your life. Enjoy the message. So here's the deal. Uh, we're just going to dive in. Can we do that? I, I don't know what you think about when you think about a stump. Maybe you don't think about stumps, but every time I see a stump, I think of anybody? This book right here. Anybody? Yeah. So uh, if you don't know, it's called The Giving Tree. It's by Shel- Silverstein, and it's a book about uh, two people. There's a tree and there's a little boy, right? And so the tree, if you don't know this, Um, It's been around for like 59 years, I think. If you don't know, it's a tree who just wants to give and sees this little boy and just invites this boy into the trees to climb and to play. And the boy just has such a great time. And then the boy leaves and comes back and doesn't really, too old to play. And so the tree's like, well, here's the thing. Let me give you some apples. So he just gives him apples because he's like, I know you can sell them. You can, you can do something with them. So, so the boy, little boy or young man kind of goes and sells the apples and he comes back. And again, the tree just wants to give and the young man wants to take. And so the tree gives apples and he gives branches and then eventually gives its whole trunk and just to an older man who just wants to sail away from his problems. Right. And at the end of the story, uh, you have two things. You have an old man and you have a stump. And I remember even think when I was younger, um, that's really sad. Like, I I just remember thinking, I'm not sure this book was for the kids. I think it was for the adults. Like, it just felt like they had just given and given and given. And so this this is one of those classic stories that's just stuck around for a really long time. And I think the reason that it's stuck around for so long is I think most of us understand the giving and the taking like what it is to really give and what it is to have people take. I think the stump is one of the clearest metaphors you can possibly have of just literally um, potential that's just gone. Like maybe when you see a stump, you know, some of you can be like, well, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe things will get better. You look at the stump, you're like, nah, it's not getting better. Like at the stump, there's no more Plain in the branches, there's no apples, there's no more limbs, there's no more, there's no more trunk. And it kind of just is what it is. And even for today, I think where we're gonna go, I think a stump can kind of help all of us say, what are those places and spaces? Because a stump is a good metaphor. What are the spaces and places in our life where we just know, hey, look, um, this situation that I've got going on right now, if I'm honest, it's not going to change. Like what's going on right now? There's maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's an opportunity. I don't know what it is. We'll get into that a little bit. But a stump is a place, and I think it's a powerful metaphor, where there's a seemingly, just a seeming end to maybe what you thought could have been? Like, I, I think it's powerful because a lot of us know what it's like to just give and give and give. Anybody know what it's like to just give and give and give? And you even wonder if you should have given so much because as you gave, somebody t- took and they took and they took and maybe they took what they shouldn't have taken and they weren't really grateful. And somehow in the middle of that and the giving and taking, you just were left. Not a whole lot. Maybe 
you were the person, I know I've been this person that was the taker. Maybe you took advantage or maybe you took the situation for granted, but as clear as I can say, a stump for me, and I think it can be for us today, could be one of the most clearest metaphors to say, well, um, at some point in time, maybe things were great and maybe things could have been, but what I wanna talk about today is what happens when potential is gone and the end is here and it is what it is. It's not gonna change. So I think a stump is not just a powerful metaphor for us. I think a stump is a powerful metaphor. That's why God used it in the book of Isaiah to a group of people who were in probably their lowest non-potential, there's no future, like this is the end moment. They had never been in one like that before. It's God's people and after years of just all these promises and all the things he put in them, it just felt like it was all over. As a matter of fact, there was an army that was coming in. They were about to lose their homes. They were about to lose their place of worship. They had already kind of lost their faith somewhere in the giving and taking. Their kids were literally being carted off so that their future seemed really, like even their heritage seemed really bleak. But God stepped into the middle of his people's lowest moment. I mean, he stepped into where there's just no moving forward and gave them a word through the prophet Isaiah. And here's what he said. So I, people, I need you to know that a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. So what's a shoot? Well, a shoot is not another tree. A shoot is actually something that's inside of a tree that is from the tree that can draw in all the nutrients. And it's, it's basically that wherever the place of the end, the place of no potential, the place where it just is what it is, God said, I'm going to do something new. And as I do something new, it's gonna shoot up. It's gonna come right from the place, not a new place, not a new spring. I'm gonna make it actually come from the dead place. And as it comes up, it's gonna start soaking in all the roots of all those promises and all those things that have been planted that you thought were gone. But you may not know it, but they're still alive and they're kicking. And I'm gonna shoot that up. And as a matter of fact, he goes on to describe what that's gonna look like. And all of a sudden, he says, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. And Jesus says, oh, and God says, oh, by the way, that shoot has a name. It's a person. I'll let you guess who it is. But he's gonna have the spirit of wisdom, which means maybe you didn't know what to do and maybe nobody else did, but he's gonna know what to do and how to do it. He's gonna have a spirit of understanding. He's gonna have compassion in his wings. He's just gonna understand, maybe because he was made like us in every way so that he could understand us in ways that we didn't dare dream he could. He's gonna have a spirit of counsel, like the kind of spirit that like comes alongside you and doesn't just bark commands at you, but pulls you in because counseling is friendship. And then he's gonna have the spirit Oh, I'm sorry, I almost missed the most, one of my favorite ones, uh, counsel and of might. He's gonna have power. If you think something can't happen, he's gonna have the power to do it. 
And then eventually the spirit of the knowledge of the fear of the Lord, which is an understanding of who we are and who God is. And so God says, hey, listen, right, in the, right at the end of what you think has no potential and it's done, I am gonna, I'm gonna give you something new and it's better than you expected. Now, obviously this is uh, a prophecy. If you're new, I'm gonna have a spoiler. This is a prophecy about a savior who is gonna come 700 years after this prophecy. But he's gonna come, and when he came, what was so amazing was he didn't just come to a nation and say, I'm gonna make you a great nation. He said, better than that, I'm gonna come to a nation of people, but I'm gonna push past the nation. I'm gonna come to all people. And it's gonna be one at a time, and I'm gonna bring salvation. I'm gonna bring restoration. And guess what? After 700 years of a promise being made, the good news is, is, which is why we celebrate Christmas, he came, family. The light is dawn. The great God who meets us at our stump and restores our, stole, and restores our souls. And the only one who has the ability to meet us in our, it is what it is. The one who can come and bring something new and expected. So here's what we're gonna do. I wanna go on a little bit of journey and I want to uh, kind of walk us into an opportunity. I've been praying about it. Let me put it like this. I'm going to make an invitation. That invitation by the end is, uh, I'm gonna kind of frame it like this. I'm gonna talk about the three types of people that God has come for. And then we're not gonna just talk about like who he came for, but then we're gonna talk about how like, how do you, how do you even possibly go to the place where you know there's, bro, it's not changing and allow God to do something new. But the invitation is to find yourself in one of those three categories and to step in because I believe today that you could still step into and find today his wisdom and understanding, his counsel and his might in ways that will blow your mind. So y'all ready? You ready for a little adventure? Okay, I wasn't confident in that. You feel good, y'all ready? Let's do this, okay. Okay, so who did Jesus come for? This is important. I just, I'm curious to see where you're gonna find yourself, okay? So who did he come for? Well, he came for the good. How many of you feel like you're good people? You're like, ha mediocre on a good day. He came for good people, and what do I mean by that? Well, if I'm being honest, you know, so many people in church, out of church, and everybody wants to talk right now. We're super judging out right now in society. I don't know why, but we always want to talk about, well, that person's bad, but I'm really good. And I just want to say this. Most people think, by the way, that they're good people. You could be a mass murderer, and you're like, but I'm really nice to the waitress. I'm like, well, but are you good? So most people, when I talk to them, it's like, man, I want to be a good husband. I want to be a good father. I want to be good. I just do bad. And I think God comes to, and I just want to say this, God comes to good people. Perfect example of that, John uh, chapter three and verse one, just a story of a guy. It says, now there was a Pharisee, good guy. Sadducees and Pharisees, two types of religious people. Jesus really liked this group. There's a Pharisee and his name was Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He was like the guy that came up with rules to make sure that other dudes could be good dudes. And he came to Jesus at night. Why did he come at night? Well, because I think good people are kind of like Christmas trees. Y'all ready for this? 
So it's kind of like Christmas trees. Now, how many of you um, are like a good live Christmas tree? Where are you at? Buy some noise. That'd be help me. Help me. Wow, we're losing quick, y'all. How many of you have gone to the dark side and just gone fake? Where are you at? Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm not judging. I'm not judging. But the Reagans, like, you know, like we're going out in the woods and cutting it down, right? Like we bought it at some lot. Anyway, so... We go out and the Reagans, we all get together and it's a big deal and we go get the Christmas tree and we, you know, we, we pick it out and then we kind of cut like a little bit off and then we go and we set it inside of a container of water and we make it pretty on the outside and it's beautiful and people walk in like at your house right now and what do you do? You're just like, I love Christmas, man. It's so cozy, it's so warm. I love this place. This is so beautiful, this is so radiant and good people are a lot like Christmas trees. Because right off the bat, they're like, hey, I just want to be the kind of person that when you walk in the room, that you just go, wow, feel how warm they are. And look how amazing that is. And look how, man, I've cleaned up my language. I've cleaned up this. I don't do that anymore. I'm not angry. When you walk in the room, I am a good person. But you know what I see when I see a Christmas tree? A tree that's about to be dead in two months. Why? Because no matter how much my family crawls underneath there and just tries to put some water in the base of it, at some point, you can't keep that thing alive when it's not connected to a source. So there's this brittleness. Anybody keep their Christmas tree too long? It's awesome to burn, but keep me focused. But it starts getting sad. And stuff starts dropping off of it. And when I, when I think of good people, I think of Christmas trees. I think of people that somewhere in the giving and taking, that's like, man, I love working on the outside, but at some point you realize, and it's gonna come that all of this is dependent on me and I can't hold the weight. I can't be wise enough. I can't have enough understanding and counsel. I don't have the power. And all of a sudden you start recognizing that you can't give what you don't have. And Jesus came for the good. Second group of people, maybe you'll find him here, is he came for the detached. And you're like, I'm not this guy, wait. So we find this in John chapter four. I'm gonna start with verse six and it just walks us through the story. It says Jacob's well was there and Jesus, uh, by the way, I've been to Jacob's well, subtle flex, um, drank the water. I shouldn't have. Anyways, um, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well, and it was about what time? That's gonna be important. It was about noon when a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Now, what you need to know, you can go to this well today. It's in a Middle Eastern country. It's right uh, in the West Bank. It's kind of down. It's super hot. But wells at that time were like the place to be, man. Like there's not a lot going on. We just got sheep and stuff going on. So here's the thing, here's what we're gonna do. If you wanna hang out and you wanna laugh, guess where you need to be? If you wanna find a, if you wanna find a little something, something between a loved one, you're like, oh, I see that girl. Where are you gonna meet her at? I'll meet her at the well. For your young girl, cause no, no older woman would ever wanna do this, but you just wanna catch up on a little gossip. You know what I'm saying? Not like a lot, just a little. Then you're going to not get together and go, let's go to the bathroom together, that's now. 
You're gonna get together and say, you wanna go to the well together? And then, oh, girl, you know. And so they're just gonna pray it off. And wells are these places of like connection and relationship. And, and I know where you're gonna be because we're all gonna be there in the morning and it's gonna be amazing. We're gonna talk and it's gonna be amazing. But see, she came at what time? So see, she wanted to come at a time when she knew yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not against those people. I'm just not sure I wanna be around them. I think I just need a little distance. And to be honest, she just started thinking, well, maybe, maybe if I can just avoid, maybe if I can just keep away from a real conversation. So fast forward in this story, and it's, one, it's a great one to read. You have a woman who we find out has had five husbands, and the guy that she's living with is now not her husband. And you go, oh. So she's not avoiding people just because she doesn't like people, which is what some people, some people, the grumpy ones are like, I just don't like people. I'm like, ah, okay. Can I tell you what I know about you? You have a brokenness in your past and it's pushed you and pushed you and maybe you thought you could get there and maybe you thought you could overcome it, but at some point you recognize what I recognized in a counseling appointment. Ready to hear it? I went to counseling, it's been probably 78 years ago, and I'm in there and, and the guy looks at me and he said, hey Matt, could you tell me why, you're, why, why, why do you feel like your life's in neutral? Like why do you, you know, why do you feel like you're so detached? I'm like, I don't think you know me. Like, bro, I'm like in everything. I like know everybody. Like I'm always connected and I'm always running and our lives are so full. He said, that's not what I asked. So what I asked was, why are you so detached? Because what I'm picking up is that somewhere in your past of being broken and being hurt and being abused and being pushed to the side, at some point you learn something that you keep returning to and that is, Matt, you learned that alone is safe. And I was like, hmm, yeah. So yeah, I could be in the middle of the room. I don't want a real conversation right now. I can talk about you. I can talk about what's going on, but, but, but up in this hood, I don't want it. Jesus came with the detached. Last one is this group. Maybe, maybe you haven't found your niche yet. We might get there. Let's just see. The last group is the overwhelmed. And I'm just gonna say this group is the group that it, it just feels like they're always, there's always something that just feels like this gravitational pull towards something that you just, you're just not sure why you're there, but you just keep, you're just overwhelmed. It just, it all feels like it's too much. So I try to grab a person. This person is literally the clearest person I could find in scripture that literally I, I, I can't find another person that Jesus ran into that, that, that doesn't have like literally every single strategy of the enemy overwhelming one person quite like this guy. And that guy, if you know the stories in Mark chapter five, verse two, it simply says that when Jesus got out of the boat, he had crossed over the, sea, over the Sea of Galilee. It said he got out and there was a man with an impure spirit who came from the tombs to meet him. So maybe if we look at this guy, because he's like the clearest picture of 
If we could just put everything on you, this is what it looks like. So let's just unpack his life and let me see if there's not one or two of those things that you would say, that is me. So first thing is this, it says, Mark 5 verse three says, this man lived in the tombs, which most of you are like, I, I don't, okay, I'm not like that guy. Well, wait, maybe you've never lived in the tombs, but have you ever lived a season or are you currently living a season now where you are magnetically drawn to dead places? Know anybody like this? Like they're magnetically drawn to the wrong dude. Magnetically drawn to the wrong woman and to the wrong business deal and to the wrong business partners. And man, it's like the keys of their car. When they put them in, they keep driving them to places that you're like, bro, that's gonna kill you. There's nothing of life there. There is nothing good. And yet, it's like this magnetic pull. They're overwhelmed. And they end up living in a place that no one should ever live. Second one says this, says, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with the chain. You're like, man, that dude's crazy. They're like chaining him down and he's fighting. That's, that's crazy. So is living life around people that just wanna help you and you always feel like you're tied down. Feeling like you always have to escape. Feeling like in life, there's just always somebody to blame and you're running from one friendship to the next friendship, from this job to that job because nobody really has anything good for you. You always feel like they always have it out for you. Like somebody's holding you back. There's always somebody holding you back. Third one, it says night and the day. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would just, he would just cry out. He just, just something inside of him that he just couldn't stop and most of us are like, man, that, that dude's crazy. But is there at least one or two people in here that at night you literally go to sleep while scrolling through your phone because if you stop to think for a minute, you can't stop the voices? Voices of regret, voices of shame. You're a terrible mom. Why did you let that happen? You're a terrible husband. You're never gonna change. Like we have gotten so good at covering the noise, and because we know that internally we have these voices of regret, voices of anxiety. How are we gonna get through this? Am I enough? Am I going crazy? What's wrong with me? All these things, and we just, it just, whew, night and day. Fourth thing, Mark 5 says he cut himself with stones. Isn't that crazy? I mean, we say that we know cutting's not a new thing. It's been around for a long time, but somebody who would literally just pick up a rock and just cut themselves, why would you ever do that? Well, you don't know until you know. You don't know that sometimes even the destructive things that you do are an opportunity to feel and you haven't felt in so long. So yeah, I continue down a self-destructive path because at least when I drink, I feel. At least when I hurt, I feel. At least when I yell, I feel. Fifth thing, 
You have to go to Luke, actually, to tell this. The Mark account doesn't give it to us, but in Luke 8, 27, said, for a long time, this man had not worn clothes. And you're like, so the bro was naked. That's why I didn't start there, because I would have lost you. But interesting, interesting, that they, all the stuff just got so overwhelming. Ever seen this? Where they just felt so overwhelmed and they just had to break out that, that one of two things, either the clothes got less and less and the workouts and the focus, the hyper-focus on the exterior. All of a sudden it's like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna, here, if I feel overwhelmed, then I'll just go get a job. I'll go get a new car. I'll buy that thing. I'll track that thing. There's, it's this crazy thing where sometimes when you're overwhelmed, it causes this hyper-focus on the exterior. Have you ever been there? So I just want to say, any, 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 anybody find yourself there? Some of you are like, all three, is that a problem? <laughs> it's not, because the light is done. And Jesus has come to meet the good and the detached and the overwhelmed and to completely restore them. You go, okay, Matt, so look, Ben, so how, how? Like if you knew my life, if you knew what was going on, if you knew the fact that I, I mean, it's not like I haven't tried, it's not like I haven't been there. How in the world is God gonna meet me in the dead thing and the old thing and the broken thing? And, the, and, and here's the thing, if you'd have met me 10 years ago, it'd have been great, but he's gonna meet me today and I have nothing left. I know. And that's why I'm so glad that all three of these people, the very first thing he did was so, so okay, so then let me meet you in that broken, dead end, impossible place and let me bring you, I'm just gonna call it a fresh start. Anybody need a fresh start? He just says, hey, listen, whether you're, you're good, I'm sure you're good. You're not that good, but you're good. Maybe you're a little detached or completely overwhelmed. He just says, he just says to Nicodemus, he says, John 3, verse 5, he just answers him and says, very truly or truly, truly, meaning I can't tell you something more true than what I'm about to tell you. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and born of spirit. And here's what Jesus would say. Anybody need a fresh start in the room? Well, here's the catch. You have to be born again. I can't give you five steps and a new thing and, a, and an app that wakes you up and you're like, rise and grind. Like, I can't give you a 12-step process that's gonna do what would happen if you decided, I wanna give my life to Christ. I wanna be reborn. Not like, not, like, not like dress up the old thing. I bet we can make this look really pretty and carve something, but it's still dead. He wants to do a new thing, family. And he can do it, but you have to humble yourself and get on your knees and say, God, I want a new thing. I want to accept you. And I want you, I want you in. I want to be born again. It's why we do what we do at the baptistry. We don't like to just get people wet and go, good, we washed them off on the outside. Good luck. We're signifying a fresh start.
And he just invites him. He says, let me tell you about this. Verse 16, he says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever, whoever believes in him shall not perish. This isn't your end, but you can have eternal life. And I just wanna say, and some of you know I'm talking to you. You have put off the new start that you know you need, man. And some of you have never made it. You've, you've, you've just never said, yes, Jesus. I don't know why, I, I, I don't know why I can't say that, but I just wanna say yes. And I'm just kind of telling you, that's the best, you, you need a fresh start with him. Some of you in here, religion has wrecked you. And you thought you said yes to religion and you've never said yes to him. And I'm just telling you, I don't care if you, everybody knows you as the person that's been around for 20 years, you might need a fresh start. But he doesn't just give us a fresh start. Aren't you glad? Good luck, kids. <laughs> he gives us a fresh start, but then he gives us a new source. He doesn't just say, okay, there you go. I hope you make it. I hope you do something well. No, he says, okay, I'm gonna give you a fresh start, but then I'm gonna take all of the root system of all the promises from the past thousands of years and create creation itself, and I'm gonna let that root system be the one that backs you and feeds you and fuels you. Every promise that's ever spoken for the last history of the planet can be found in you. And he says, I wanna give you a new source. I don't want you having to like, uh, we're get, gonna get you dunked, but then you're out reading the horoscope and you're trying to do like some gyms and you're trying to get some business coach, but you don't know the source of Jesus. You've never plugged into a new father. You've never plugged into knowing his word and letting it consume you. You've never plugged into really connecting with the Holy Spirit in a way that love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and self-control just comes out of you. You've never really tapped into the source. Kind of like the Samaritan woman. She comes to Jesus and she's like, yeah, I mean, I guess I could, I, I mean, I guess I could take, you know, you seem like a good guy. Why don't you answer some religious questions for me? And he's like, oh, sweet girl. That's my translation. He answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you wanna know what you would do? You would have asked him and he would have given you the what? Not that old nasty stuff out of a cup. Like rooted, secure, forever water. And it would well up in you and it would fuel you. You need a new source. But then thirdly, this might be my favorite. I have a lot of favorites. Some of us, we need a new start. Some of us need to read or plug into the new, to, the, to that source for the first time. But then lastly, I just wanna say, we need a greater power. Some of you right now in the room, you're like, Matt, man, I would, I would love, I would love nothing more than for God to meet me where I am, but you don't know the forces that control my life. You don't know the power that my brokenness from my childhood has over me. You don't know. 
you don't know how that relationship that I was in, and I don't talk about it right now, a lot right now. But man, I was, I, I want, there was a time when I was in a relationship and I gave and I gave and I gave and then it was at the end and now I'm like, kind of like Samaritan woman, I'm like, I, I guess this is the one that I have, it is what it is and I'm just gonna make do. Some of you have really felt the weight some of the unanswered questions have just gone on for so long, but there's just power and it's the voices and it's the stuff and it's the weight. It's just always feeling like your life is headed in this direction and you're just like, man, God, I need you, but I don't just need you. I need your power. I need you to show up. I need you to shift my world because I can't do it and I'm overwhelmed and I don't know how to do this. It'd be great if I could just, you know, start at the beginning. It'd be great if I could get plugged into a source, but I'm just telling you the forces that are driving my life, I can't make them stop. I keep trying. And the King of Kings would say, watch what I can do. Mark chapter five. If you don't know the story, again, read the story. I don't have time to unpack all of it, but Mark chapter five says, when they came to Jesus, and this was the crowd, remember this is the naked demoniac, you think you got issues. <laughs> when they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed, had been at the end, had been overwhelmed, had been off on his own, had been totally disconnected, had been. Like, this is a man, not just like a little bit of time. We don't know how long, but you don't get into a wreck like that without having a whole lot of history. But all of a sudden we ran into the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. It's part of why if some of you are going, oh, that one's me and that one's me, is because we don't, most of us don't have one things thing. We have a lot of things. But all of a sudden he's, because he met Jesus on his knees. There he was sitting there and dressed and in his right mind. Now I'm just here to tell you whether it's a snap, now I don't get it, but sometimes he gives a snap and it happens. He's the boss, he does what he chooses. Sometimes it's over time as he slowly pulls you out of that thing and reworks your mind and you walk through that process of transformation. But what I know about Jesus is that when you get to the feet of Jesus, chains drop, addictions break, voices flee. And there's one way to do it. It's not like a God, I, you know, I kind of need this thing. It's like, no, 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 like back up. Let's be clear. Here's the path. You have to say to him, I want that free gift of salvation. For those of you that are new, you need to say to him, I want that free, I wanna accept you as Lord. Some of you that have been dead for a long time in religion, you need to say, I, 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 I almost rebuke the spirit of religion in my life. And I'm telling you, I need a fresh start. But when you start there and you say, I want a fresh start, I wanna know you, I wanna know Christ, I wanna be forgiven, I wanna repent of where I've been. And then you say, and God, so plug me in and give me the power so that I can experience that greater is he that is in us than he who is in the world power. And when you do that, I don't care if you're a good person, 
a relatively detached person or a completely and insanely overwhelmed person. All of a sudden, that stump that you have looked at your whole life and just wish it could change, God meets you there. And he doesn't see an end, he sees a beginning. He doesn't see a place of defeat. He sees it as a place of meeting. He sees it as a place of grace. He sees it as a place of surrender. And he begins the all things new restoration process in your life. And all you have to do is ask. A light has dawned. We have an opportunity to be restored. Some of you need to take it. Father, I pray over my brothers and sisters that I love. Father, I pray will you meet them at the stump, whatever that place is for them. Father, that place where they've already given up, hearts already callous, feels like there's nothing living beneath them. And I pray that you would meet them there. Lord Jesus, give them a new start. Plug them in to your son Jesus. Plant your Holy Spirit inside of them so they can experience your power and your wisdom and your compassion and your kindness. love you. And we ask that you would meet us. In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If today's message made you realize you need to take your next step with Jesus, we would love to help you with that. You can connect with us on any of our social media platforms throughout the week or visit our website at southeastchristian.org. And if you want to hear more content like this, you can check out our sermons podcast or our one at a time podcast. Both can be found everywhere. Podcasts are available. Have a great week.